Amen. Please remain standing if you're able. And let's turn together to Genesis 48 once again. Genesis 48, page 41 in the Blue Pew Bible. We'll be looking at verses 8 through the end of the chapter, but I will uh, read from verse 1. This is God's holy word, his inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Let us hear it with faith. After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel, his strength, and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Padan, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near to him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, as Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. 
Then Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim. Uh, when, when he saw this, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand and moved it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people. He also shall become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you, Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you, rather than to your brothers, one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. Amen. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. You may be seated. We're in this very interesting account of Joseph and his young sons meeting with uh, Joseph's father Jacob one last time before he dies. He's literally on his deathbed, and Joseph brings these young boys to him. Manasseh and Ephraim. And we saw how Jacob claimed these two boys as his own. We talked about that quite a bit last week. He, the grandfather, claims these boys, his grandsons, as his own children. Uh, there's something of an adoption taking place here. Of course, they were still Joseph's children. They were still going to be under his care. But in terms of the history of Israel going forward, and in terms of their place in the covenant, these two boys would now be counted as Jacob's children. And they would each have a tribe named after them, right alongside their uncles, Jacob's actual sons. And not only were they counted uh, as Jacob's sons, but they even displaced one of Jacob's actual sons, Reuben, the firstborn, Jacob's firstborn son. This chapter doesn't tell us the whole story, but First Chronicles 5 fills in the blanks. It tells us that Reuben defiled his father's marriage bed, and so his rights as the firstborn were given to these two boys, to these sons of Joseph. So Jacob did this thing that was uh, really totally unheard of in that day. We see it happening here. Uh, he counts these two sons as his own firstborn, and not just, not just as any sons, but firstborn sons. It's as if the two of them both are the firstborn now. But remember, as we said last week, this was not just something that uh, 
Jacob wanted. This isn't just Jacob uh, doing what he wanted to do, uh, giving the favored place uh, to these children. This is God's doing. This was God's choice. It was God's prerogative to choose and to lavish his favor upon whomever he wished. And he chose this. And God still works that very same way. He chooses and adopts into his family whoever he pleases. He adopts those he calls. He joins us into union with Jesus Christ, makes us the children of God. And he does that not because um, we deserve it, He does it not because we're better than anybody else, not because we have a right to it. We certainly do not. But in God's sovereign grace and his free will to choose whosoever he wills, he chooses us, those who become believers in Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful to know that this God, that we don't deserve, we don't deserve him or any of his blessings, he wants us. He chooses us and he calls us to salvation in his son. And and we now have that privilege and that honor to be God's adopted sons and daughters in Christ united to his eternal son by faith faith that he creates in us by his spirit we can't even claim that ourselves it's all of his grace it's all of his doing so now god says to you believer you are mine you once were not my child but now you are my child and my heir in christ We need to really take that to heart and thank God for his amazing grace that he's done this for us. If he hadn't, if he hadn't chosen us completely apart from anything good in us, if he hadn't called us by his spirit, none of us would ever come to him. None. Well, it's a very touching scene that we see here next. Um, Jacob embraces these two boys um, for the last time. We read in verses 11, uh, 8 to 11, when Israel saw Jake, uh, Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me here. And he says, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Many commentators believe that uh, Jacob's question and Joseph's answer here are part of a a formal adoption ceremony. And the whole thing was concluded when Joseph removes the boys from uh, his father's lap and bows down with face to the ground. Once it was done, this little ceremony, Joseph stood both of the boys before Jacob 
so that he could bless them. That's the next thing he intends to do. And, and here again, we see something very unusual, very out of the ordinary, unheard of, totally at odds with all the, the conventions of that day. Uh, it was something that was shocking, really. Joseph brought the boys before uh, his father and positioned them in a, uh, a way that was proper and according to uh, all, all customs of the day, this is the way it ought to have been done. The chief blessing, the greatest blessing would have been given to the oldest child with the right hand of Jacob. So naturally, uh, Joseph arranged the boys that way. He put the oldest child, Manasseh, by Jacob's right hand, and he put the younger boy, Ephraim, by Jacob's left hand. The boys probably bowed before Jacob, as Joseph had, and waited to receive their blessing. And that's when Jacob did something totally unexpected. Shocking, really, to Joseph. Instead of putting his hands directly upon the boys the way they were positioned, he crossed his arms. He put his left hand on his right side and put it on a Manasseh. And he did this in order to give the greater blessing to Ephraim, the younger. Even though he wasn't the firstborn. And this was very surprising. And it seems Joseph saw this and was perplexed and upset by it. He wants to correct his father, but before he could even do that, Joseph spoke this, or rather Jacob spoke this blessing. And he said, the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless these boys, and in them let my name be carried on, the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. This is a beautiful blessing. This blessing recalls God's faithfulness, his faithful care for his people, how he took care of them. It also contains a prayer that God will continue to do that for these boys now, that God would bless them just the way he blessed Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The Lord had been a faithful shepherd, we're told, to care for and protect uh, Jacob. And he asked now, Lord, do the same for these boys. Pass that blessing on to them and to their offspring in the future. This blessing is a prayer that God would continue doing what he'd been doing uh, all along for Abraham and his offspring. God had promised to bless them, and he wants those covenant blessings to continue now in the lives of these boys and their descendants. And God keeps his word. And so... Jacob is trusting the Lord to do that very thing. And so a great blessing was given to these young boys. 
Again, look at Joseph's response here. Uh, he is, uh, he does seem to be upset. Maybe he thinks, oh, my father is confused. Uh, maybe he's losing his mental faculties. We know he can't see very well. Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, and it displeased him. He took his father's hand to move it to Manasseh's head. It makes perfect sense that he would try to do this, trying to correct his father. He thought this has got to be some mistake, but it wasn't. And Jacob refused to reverse his hands. He said, I know, I know, my son. He shall become a people also. He will also be great, but the younger will be greater. I should remind you of something earlier in Genesis that we saw. Jacob and Esau. There again, the older served the younger. And here it is happening over again. Isaac gave the blessing to Jacob unwittingly, you remember. It was a deception. Jacob tricked him. But here, it's not a trick. There's no deception. Jacob knew exactly what he was doing. He did it deliberately. And again, this isn't just Jacob doing what he wants. It's not him picking favorites. This is what the Lord wanted. The Lord was at work through this. His will is being carried out here. Jacob's speaking God's word prophetically. And here again, we have to be reminded that no one deserves God's blessing more than anyone else. Ephraim wasn't more deserving than his older brother, not any more than you or I are more deserving than your unsaved loved ones or your neighbor who's perfectly content to live without God. You know, we look for human reasons for why a person doesn't come into a relationship with Christ through faith. But we don't need to do that. We ultimately need to bow before the sovereignty and wisdom of God. He is the one who chooses whom he chooses. And that should humble us very much. As the Apostle Paul said, God's purpose of election must stand not because of works, but because of him who calls. God is in complete control of whom he calls. Well, after Joseph's interruption here, Jacob continued with his blessing. We're told he blessed them that day. And he said, by you, Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And we're told, thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. So this would become a saying when blessings were uttered in Israel. 
these boys' names would uh, be used in this way. Their names would become synonymous with blessing. Now, they both would become great tribes in Israel. Actually, if you read your Bibles, you'll remember that the name Ephraim actually becomes synonymous with Israel for a time. Sadly, in the end, both of these tribes would turn away from the Lord along with the whole northern kingdom. And it was the tribe of Judah eventually that took center stage. And ultimately, God brought the Savior of the world into the world through the tribe of Judah. But we should be very encouraged here by what we see God doing through these crossed hands of Jacob. Think about this and take it to heart. It's good news for all of us. What we learn here is that God's blessing is not tied to human position or privilege or greatness, nor is it tied to our works or our worthiness. It's not bound by tradition or conventions. God is absolutely sovereign in the giving of His grace, and we cannot control the way He does that. We can't gain it for ourselves. We can't earn it. We can't secure it for ourselves or for anyone else. God is God. We have to recognize that. His absolute sovereignty over us and over our salvation. He will be God, whether we like it or not. He says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And what's so encouraging about this is that God delights to choose not the great people of this world, not the powerful people, not the strong and the wise and the elite. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 that we read a few moments ago, not many of you believers were wise according to the world's standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were from noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. He chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Take those words to heart. Because of Him, you're in Christ, if indeed you are in Christ. It's not at all because of you. It's all because of Him and His grace calling you. We have absolutely nothing to boast about 
in ourselves. And we need to know that. And if you do know that, it's a very, very good thing. That's right where God wants you to be. Humbled. Lowly. Knowing your weakness. Knowing your unworthiness of this great salvation. He wants you and I to be like that tax collector. Remember the parable of the the Pharisee and the tax collector, the self-righteous Pharisee saying, oh, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. The tax collector was the one who went home justified. You remember him. All he did was beat his breast and confess his unworthiness of salvation. And he prayed, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Those are the kind of people, the very kind of people that God delights to pour out his rich mercy and grace upon. That's the attitude that each of us ought to have. We may be the least and the last in the world's eyes, but that's okay. In God's purposes, the least will be the greatest in his kingdom, and the last shall be first. Praise the Lord for the glory of his amazing grace to us, the worst of sinners. Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for choosing and calling us so that we might be brought into union with your Son. And we know that you call us outwardly through the word of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And we as poor, needy sinners need him so much. We need him to be our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. And so we pray that you would help any who are here today who have not uh, closed with Christ by faith, who have not put their trust in him and taken refuge in him as Savior to do so, even now. And grant that we would rejoice in your beautiful, sovereign grace toward us in Christ. Help us always to boast in nothing at all except you, your grace, and your Son, and your love that you've lavished upon us in him. We are so undeserving of all these blessings that we will have for all eternity in him. Thank you, Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.